Hello and welcome to the St Emlyn's podcast. I'm Natalie May and I'm here at the London Trauma Conference. I'm joined by Dr Tom Evans, who is a post-CCT doctor in emergency medicine, formerly a Sydney Hems doctor and is currently working for the British rowing team as a coach. So he gave a great talk this afternoon. Hello, Tom. Hi. Thank you for joining us. I was wondering if you could just give us a quick summary of what your talk was about because it was kind of unique in its content. Uh, so today I'm going to talk about my experiences working with the British team as a rowing coach, as someone who'd come from medicine who's going back to medicine, and talking about what are some of the skills that we learned there that I can apply uh, to my clinical practice. And do you think trauma is an elite sport in itself? How can we be world-class? So one of my points is that world-class is probably the wrong idea for us because in trauma we're not really comparing ourselves to the people around the world, but what we can do is learn from organisations that do need to compete at a world-class level. What we need to be is high performance. World-class is kind of outcome, high performance is a process. Uh, It's a way of thinking and it's a culture that you can create in any organisation, including in a hospital or in the trauma team. And it's where we value doing everything, every small thing, as well as it possibly can be done. It means making the best choices we can in every circumstance, and it means managing and trusting each other that we're all going to perform together so that the team can then achieve something which maybe world-class, maybe our Olympic medal. And you had a great slide that showed how many of the trauma centres consider themselves to be world-class, making the point that if we're all world-class, it's actually pretty meaningless. So actually, what you're asking is for us to have a change of mindset to being high-performance. So what is our Olympics? How do we know what that success and that high-performance looks like for us? One of the big challenges for us, and one of the great things about emergency medicine and trauma care, is that we don't know what's coming through the door. And so high performance is going to demand different things of us in different cases. Certainly there's the big spectacular cases that we see occasionally, but there's the opportunity to be world-class in everything that we do. The Olympic final for an individual clinician may well be the Olympic final for them. It may be the very challenging circumstance for them that they needed to be prepared for, as opposed to um, the Olympic final for the team. When you talk to athletes and you suggest to them that we have to perform every day, it totally freaks them out because they're totally focused on there is a day in Rio in 2016 when I have to deliver and everything I'm doing is bringing me to that point. Ours is a very different challenge, so we can learn from what they do, maybe as opposed to their outcome. And you made a lot of parallels between coaching elite sport and between healthcare performance. How can we bring those two things closer together? So something that I find really helpful in coaching is the idea that for the athlete to perform, they need to have a very clear mental model of what that performance looks like. It's only when they're clear in their mind what it looks like in terms of the technique, how they're going to feel, how they're going to apply themselves, how they're going to deal with the environment around them. When they have that clear model, then it's much more likely to manifest itself on race day. They're much more resilient in terms of their performance. We see that a lot in uh, pre-hospital care and all sorts of care which are driven by standard operating procedures. What you're doing there is actually creating a shared mental model between all the members of the team so they all know what's going to happen, they all can rely on each other and they manage their bandwidth differently because they're not spending their time trying to invent what's going to happen, they know what's going to happen. So you touched on a lot of the metacognition type resources that we're familiar with, so work by Cliff Reed and by Scott Weingart and some of the stuff that we've been doing around thinking. Do you think simulation's got a role for us as in improving that mental model sharing as well? Yeah, I mean, what athletes need to go through is a process of understanding the model and testing it, proving it to themselves, so that then when they're under pressure they will definitely revert to it. 
And simulation has a really important role in that. And high-pressure simulation, especially simulation that increases the cognitive burden, is a really good way for people to test the mental model. Um, and then come out of that either saying, well, there's something I need to change, or come out of it saying, yeah, my mental model is really robust, I know I can rely on it um, when we come to the future. Of course, simulation is one type of preparation, and we do a lot of um, complementary visualisation as well. Every opportunity to reimagine the model and reimagine the actions we're going to take makes things more robust and more resilient. And you touched towards the end of your talk on marginal gains, which is something that Simon uh, has written about for the St. Eminem's blog. Uh, do you want to just give me your take on it? Because it was slightly different from what Simon has written about. Yeah, so the concept of marginal gains, which is the, the accumulation of small advantages, is one that's yielded really, really good results for our Olympic teams. But we've got to remember that our Olympic teams are operating in an environment where everybody is already at the 99%. And so your ability to accumulate you know, a couple of hundredths of a, of a second make a massive difference between gold and bronze or a medal and no medal. But we must remember that you've got to be at the 99% first. The reality for us is that I don't think we can say as a trauma specialty that we are at the 99% all of the time reliably. So we've got to find a balance between looking for small advantages everywhere but also in being really high performance about the basic skills. So that means knowledge, systems, debriefing, education. One of the big things that I learned from my time with the team is that we had some successes and also I had some failures as a coach. And um, I think when I failed, it's because I was less good at focusing on the basics and more keen to look for the marginal gains. So I realised that there's a really important balance there. And when you talk about us performing at 99%, I think that's probably quite generous in a lot of trauma circumstances. Do you think, since your expertise is in coaching, there are ways that we can get our ED team closer to 99% to get them closer to 100%? Is that part something we should be bringing into training as a model? Yeah, so I think a lot of the speakers at the conference have been talking about things that we'd like to do and followed up the caveat that it's very hard to do that. So a number of people have talked about multi-specialty training, getting people together, and then gone on to say, but that's very difficult to do with rotors and work demands. And so we've got to recognise that to be high performance, there's a cost. The hospital, the organisation, our departments have to decide, are we willing to make the investment? Are we willing to lose the organisational time of these other people to make training a priority? I think there's a, a wider point, which is that with trainees, when we're learning how to, how to do our specialty, we're being trained, we're not necessarily being coached, and I think there's some subtle differences between the two. First thing is about investment. So a coach is definitely invested in the athlete's performance at the end, whereas for training, quite often the outcomes are, have they got a piece of knowledge, have they been able to complete a certain number of assessments? A training leads to exams, perhaps. Whereas for a coach, they've succeeded if their athlete can perform, and if the athlete doesn't perform, then the coach has failed. The nature of medical training, where we have multiple trainers and training multiple sites over a period of time, means that it's hard to find one person who is truly invested in, in that person's performance at the end. And of course, maybe the Olympic final for registrar training is going to come in 20 years' time, when the moment comes when they need to have been equipped. Coaching is really about equipping people, um, giving them the skills and the tools that they're going to need to meet a challenge that we don't know when it's going to be or, or what, it, what it's going to be. Well, that's really helpful. It's quite a refreshing perspective to think about ED teams and working together in trauma in that particular context. And it's reassuring for us at, at St Eminence. We're all quite into simulation as teams and debrief and all those kind of human factor stuff. So it's good to hear that you've got that perspective. And thank you very much for sharing it with us. Thank you very much.